Hello and welcome to the Royal France podcast. This is Walter Emerson. This uh, might be a good time to kind of uh, reflect a little bit back and tell you a little bit more about my story and about why uh, I'm doing all this. So if you've been through the other episodes, you know that uh, this uh, podcast and in fact my my site really d- deals with uh, a phenomenon in my life, and that was the entry of Joan of Arc in my life and a, a moment when her importance in my life became uh, very apparent. And I've been talking about the way that I pursued what this, uh, what this really means. And so I've kind of, you know, taken you through and, and, and discussed how the help with the help of Edith Stein and her phenomenology. And what I'm hoping to do is to, you know, share this and maybe uh, it might spark something. It might be some sort of uh, inspiration to some people who have similar situations or who can perceive similar phenomena in their life and that they would like to, uh, you know, think about how to move forward in trying, trying to make sense of that. So there was a moment in 2008 when through the uh, hermeneutics of St. Therese and her plays and her poetry, I had this moment where suddenly I felt as if uh, Our Lady and Our Lord were saying, Joan of Arc, <laughs> and, and you need to study Joan of Arc, you need to you know, follow Joan of Arc in the sense that uh, uh, we're following the Holy Spirit, and and so that that really became became a journey for me. It became something that I that I had to pursue. But it might be helpful at this point to maybe just take a, a minute to say a little, put a little bit more context around you know what what this is. So without going into a great amount of detail about uh, all my story and everything, uh, let me sort of reflect back because I think it'll give us some context. So I was you know, raised not a Catholic. I didn't know anything about Catholicism, really, all the way up uh, until after after college. I really uh, didn't. I grew up in a small town in uh, in in the Southwest on the High Plains, and I, uh, we, it was all evangelical, Protestant, and we grew up in the Methodist Church. There was a small Catholic church way off on the side somewhere, I, no one really that I knew really paid attention to it. I had a few Catholic friends in school, but uh, you know never really paid much attention to it. You know I was raised in an environment where, really, as I as I as I've told people, nothing nothing of any consequence happened before the 16th century. <laughs> there was Jesus, and then there was this huge gap of like 1,500 years, and then suddenly real Christianity came on the scene in the form of uh, Protestant reformers. So that was kind of the, that, that, it, that may not be the, that may, I don't mean to be unfair, that may not be the way it was presented. But when I look back, it was, uh, you can see that that's, that's kind of how it was perceived. So, you know, I went through, I went to college, I went to Princeton University, and, and you know, I came, I came back to work with my father back in the hometown. And Again, I didn't really know anything. And at that point, I guess I was just sort of, you know, I'm, I'm a Christian, I guess, whatever. And, you know, we'd go, we'd go to church. But, but, you know, in my you know, mid-20s, religion didn't really mean much to me and uh, didn't really care one way or the other. But then I came across my wife. <laughs> and uh, the woman that would be my wife and still is my wife today, and I owe her, <laughs> I owe her my own life. And so she, uh, 
uh, we had known each other before, and we got together after I came home. And long story short, I finally decided to drop the big question. And when I did, she said that she would marry me. I was like, hey, that's pretty good, because I'm really reaching over my head here uh, with this beautiful woman. And she said, I'll marry you. But she said, I'm, I'm Catholic. I'll always be Catholic. All of our children will be Catholic. And you'll have to attend the Catholic Church with us because I won't have the family separated. She said, other than that, you can be whatever religion you want. <laughs> and, uh, so, and, and this was not a discussion. This was not a, she was not proposing this to get my feedback. I mean, this was, that was it. <laughs> that was the way it was going to be. And of course, what I heard was, I, I got stuck on the first part. Yes, I'll marry you. <laughs> I got stuck on that. So I said, okay, uh, whatever, whatever you say. So I ended up in the, uh, in the rite of Christian initiation, uh, you know, at the local Catholic church because I wanted to marry my, this wonderful woman. And, uh, so the, uh, you know, I, I went in, I just, I don't know what I thought. I just was there because I wanted to get married. And but the thing I noticed when I got in was it, it, it seemed to all make sense when I, I was thought, well, this is, this is a religion that everything they're saying seems to, to make sense to me. But I got to a point where I, I had this moment and it was on the feast day of St. Therese in the new calendar, October 1, it was the feast day of St. Therese. And I, uh, there was just this moment when the priest spoke. It was nothing dramatic or anything, but he spoke. And suddenly the reality of the Eucharist as being truly and substantially the body and blood of Jesus Christ became experientially a reality for me. And the uh, within a second, it made complete sense to me then that the Catholic Church was the authentic church of uh, of Christ, and I, I had no idea up to that point in time that the church could uh, track or or uh, go back in time in a succession of bishops back to the original apostles. I didn't I didn't know anybody could do that, and so I put those two and two together, and I said, you know, this is, you know, this is the church. So my point in that is that it was an experiential moment. It, it wasn't just sort of an intellectual moment where I went, well, this makes sense and I've deduced. Uh, because we oftentimes have intellectual, you know, we know things intellectually, right? But we don't, it doesn't really have an impact on us experientially. You know, a good example for me is I need to eat more healthy and do more exercise. And I know that and I have deduced, I've been told and it makes sense. I put my stamp of approval on that prop, those propositions, but I don't do them. They, I have trouble with them, you know, truly being an, uh, having experiential weight with me. But this was a moment of experiential impact. It was a moment that just altered my, my state of being. And, and that's important to what I'm trying to get at here and to the points I've been trying to make in the podcast with regard to my my journey with uh, with St. Joan is because, you know, I went through, after that, I went through a period of struggle and being confronted by the cross. And that's a very long story I won't go into. Uh, but there then was this moment, you know, some 30 years later, when I had my second really big experiential moment with, uh, 
this moment with St. Joan of Arc through the poetry and plays of St. Therese. And so it was as the first one, as that moment on the feast day of St. Therese, uh, that I had that moment of really just experiential impact, not just, not just an intellect. So yes, there's an affirmation of the intellect to the faith and all that, but this, this really hit me at the core of my being. Well, the second time that happened was with uh, St. Joan. So there's something very powerful and important that God was trying to tell me with that. Now, the, the important thing about these moments, and I call them experiential, is really getting to the core of this whole phenomenological uh, process. Because it's, it's, it's one thing to go through a process and conclude that something's true. But as I've mentioned in previous podcasts, these are moments of what uh, St. Therese called uh, divine glance. Uh, Edith Stein, I've sort of equated it, a complimentary turn from Edith Stein, St. Teresa Benedict of the Cross. I've sort of equated that to what she calls an unreflective certainty in her book, Potency and Act. It's just that moment of intuition when you just know. I mean, something comes to your mind. It wasn't deduced. You didn't have a syllogism with a minor premise major premise and a minor premise and all that kind of thing. It just intuitively comes to your mind and you are certain about it. And that happens to all of us. And Edith Stein calls that, and the phenomen- in the world of phenomenology, call that an unreflective certainty. And that was, that was exactly... So the thing about the, the um, experience with St. Joan of Arc was that I knew that, I, I knew that truth was confronting me. I, I knew that I was having an experience with truth, but I didn't know what that truth was. And I think that that that's the key. It's one thing to say, oh, I've deduced truth. Now let me run around and tell you. I'm going to tell all of you about truth. Hey, if you if you sit down, I'm going to tell you this truth. And then now you know the truth that I'm going to tell you. And so that's that's what we do. Um, that's what we do a lot. Th- this was really something that was beckoning uh, to uh, for to call me on a journey. It was it was something where it, it had meaning. I equate it to, in this sense, phenomenologically, to a confrontation with truth that you don't understand. And I mentioned that in the first episode, in, or in one of the earlier episodes, that what I was confronted with, I termed as um, as sort of a a you know meaning without understanding. So it was meaningful. I knew it was meaningful. And so in this sense, there seems to be a relationship between an egg and sort of an experiential, existential confrontation with truth and meaning. You know, there seems to be some relationship because we, we turn to something that's meaningful. If I, if I know something's false, it has no meaning for me. And, and when something's true, it does. And so in this case, I could, I could experience the meaning. So therefore, I knew I was being confronted with truth, but that truth was still sort of, you know, behind the, behind the curtain a little bit. You know, kind of like a painter tries to draw an image forward into the painting, and that image was still back there. And so I had to really begin the process then of, of journeying. And so the journey uh, in, in that sense became phenomenological. 
So there's, you know, there's the, the you know, absolute affirmation of faith that we make with our intellect, but then there's also a confrontation with truth that's phenomenological. And that's kind of, you know, a point I want to make here is in the first instance, I had a experience with truth in which I said, yes, I affirm, I believe, I, I, I agree. And that was really an, just being confronted with truth of the Eucharist, of the church, and, and affirming. And in this case, though, it was a little bit different. It was that powerful sense of life-changing meaning. My, my life changed immediately when I had this experience through St. Therese with St. Joan of Arc, but I didn't know, I didn't know why. <laughs> I didn't know what it was. I just knew that it had this impact. And that was a little bit different. And so in this situation, that confrontation with truth was phenomenological. So I had to take a, a, a journey, a phenomenological journey. And, you know, I didn't really know what I was doing at, at, at the time. And by the grace of God, I, I integrated and was reading some of Edith Stein's work, St. Teresa Benedict of the Cross, and I started integrating her work in, into mine. And I realized that this experience was phenomenological and I needed to pursue this as as a journey. And so that was really, that, that's a fundamental, you know, shift in, in or, or two different ways of thinking about being confronted by truth. One is truth confronts me and I affirm it. The other one is truth confronts me and it's, I have, I can sense truth. I can, the powerful meaning, I can sense it's there, but I, I really can't put my finger on it. And so it beckons me. It calls me, and that began what I call the journey on the trail of the dogmatic creed with St. Joan and St. Therese. And my writings and phenomenology have been, a, have been continual and, and ongoing attempts to discover and, and to put that together. So you know, I talked in the past about these maps of meaning and horizons of meaning. So it, it completely altered my horizon of meaning and I began to look at the world differently. And when I looked at the world, different things had different meaning. And I began to map those together in accord with this experience I had with Joan of Arc and trying to understand her life and see how she uh, perceived the world. So that's really the context uh, for, for doing all this. And the reason I'm talking is because it's a, it's a spiritual journey. Uh, but it's it's one that I've had the great help of uh, Edith Stein and her and her philosophy, and so you know these are the points of differentiation where I can say, you know, in the first case with the Eucharist and the Church, I affirm here is truth, I affirm it, and in the second case, uh, thirty years later, with uh, Joan of Arc to say, uh, this is truth, I just don't know what it is. I have the meaning, I have the life-changing impact, but it's not, so it doesn't, so it's not something that comes from me. It's not something that derives from me. It obviously came from out, outside of me as, 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 as great, as did the first one, of course. All things come, all those, you know, come, uh, grace, you know, guides us in all things. But this obviously wasn't something I developed in my own mind. Uh, it was something that was, um, that impacted me experientially. And so that's, that's really uh, 
you know, and then I've been connecting the experience to the intellect, and that's really been the spiritual journey. So uh, that's probably enough for today. I don't like to run these uh, too long. So I've got some more to talk about in terms of how this process is continuing to, you know, to, to run out. But I wanted to uh, take, a, take a moment because if you've been interested or, or heard anything in the previous podcast that you think sparks some interest or inspiration to me, you know, for you, I thought it might be good at this time to just put some context around it and, and talk a little bit more about how I came into this in my own life. So I'll finish up with, uh, or I'll continue on with a, with a, in some future podcast here with a little bit more and, uh, try to, uh, kind of lead you at least up to the point where I am uh, in this. And again, it's just, it's something I want to share when something is so powerful in our life, we, we like to share it. And so I put it out there in case someone's interested. Maybe it inspires you. Maybe it, it, it maybe you've had similar type experiences. So I hope it does. And uh, so I hope you've in, enjoyed this and look, I look forward to doing future podcasts. So Uh, Keep an eye out for those, and I'll continue this journey with St. Joan of Arc and St. Therese as we go forward. Take care. God bless. Bye-bye.